The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And finally, we're brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 is up for grabs over the course of the season. Go to OddsCrowd.com to sign up. And finally, do not forget to download the SGPN app. It is available now in the Google Play Store and in the App Store. Make sure you to download it to get our podcast, our news, all of our picks right in the palm of your hand. Cannot suggest it enough. That's the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi-ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 72, and I figured since we have to dedicate it to um, the number to a special someone every week um, or every episode, I figured since my associate co-host is a uh, New England backstop catching um, legend, I figured I'd dedicate it to to another of a fellow New England backstop legend in Carlton Fisk, who is warden number 72 for the Chicago White Sox back in the day. So there you go. Um, Welcome to the podcast. I would be your host, Jeff Fox. Some call me Juicy Jeff. Some call me Shock Juice is the new one. Um, You can call me whatever you want, but just don't call me an associate host because I am the actual host of this here podcast. Thank you for jumping in with us. We got another exciting show for you, of course on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. If you are listening to us on the SGPN Network, if you could find our feed for the MMA Gambling Podcast and start listening on that, subscribing on that, and then you can get us um, get us fresh out of the oven. Every episode uh, hops into that one uh, before it goes on to SGPN. So yeah, you definitely want our our picks the second we drop them because we, uh, we affect the lines as we... Um, Figured out last week with the Dana White Contender Series. After we gave out a bunch of um, bunch of bets, the lines changed drastically. So obviously, either my uh, associate co-host put a whole bunch of money down, or or someone's listening. So, but maybe a bit of both. So that's actually introduced that guy who I've been uh, talking about here. Um, like I said, he is a New England uh, catching legend, um, just like Carlton Fisk. He's um, the prettiest purple belt on the planet. Um, what else can I tell you about him? I think I thought I had something else. Um, I think he used to wrestle with bears as a child too, just like Habib. I think that there's something to do with bears in his past. I think, but um, other than that, uh, he, he's on a heater uh, as along uh, with myself. Since we're not going to count our contender series picks, then he is officially still on the heater. Uh, his name would be Daniel Gumby, aka Barney Gumble Vreeland. 
Hey, so I, I'm going to tell you from from the perspective, and, and now granted, I am not a Red Sox fan, so I I could give two shits about this, but from the perspective of knowing a lot of people who are very passionate about the Red Sox and very passionate about their catchers, because for some reason Red Sox fans really love catchers. Uh, see Jason Veritek and Scott Hattieberg for more information. Um, they hate the fact that uh, anybody would say Carlton Fisk ever even wore 72. It's like heresy. Yeah, um, yeah he's 27 and only 27 yep. forever. Um, well, but, he wore seventy-two also, for White Sox. Sorry, but you, it's, you know, but, but you can't, you can't, you can't do a shout out to Boston and then say yeah, I seventy-two can. Carlton Fisk. Ooh, ooh, fine. Um, double this episode is this give it double a, give, it a, give it to William the Refrigerator Perry. He's seventy-two. No, no I'm give to Mario Lemieux. This one goes out to Mario Lemieux. Did he also wear a set? No, or are you just <laughs> you're just shitting on me because I messed yes, up? Yes, <laughs> every every episode's gonna be Mario Lemieux if, if I can't find someone for it. Mario Lemieux for wearing number one hundred and fifteen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting once we get above. Well, ninety nine is an obvious one, but once we get past ninety nine, once we get in triple digits, I'm gonna have to get. Uh, I got to get. Um, I just recycle when we hit like you know one fourteen. You just talk about somebody with fourteen. Oh, okay, cool. Or or yeah. some or some sort of career accolade that has a hundred in yeah. it, right? Like that's true. You know, one hundred and sixteen, the number of career home runs of like some obscure ass baseball player who only got one hundred and sixteen. Number of black belts Dan Breland's tapped out one hundred and twenty-seven. Right? Three, I think, to be fair. Oh, you actually know that, do you? <laughs> Maybe four. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Four more than me, though. So. That's um, that's not too shabby. So, what did you tap him out with? I can't. I think Gogo Plata is your go-to move. Is it not? It is, uh, three of them were Gogo Plata's. Wow, yeah. listen to this guy. <laughs> and, what, uh, and the other one, uh, the other one was a heel hook. Oh, I was gonna say heel hook, and it was. Wow, you're going after people's knees. You're a mean guy. Yeah, he. But like when you tap a black belt with a heel hook, they tap. When you tap a purple belt with a heel hook, they let their knee explode. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, not cool. Um, so, did you watch the um, boxing last night? I did not. I guess I, I don't even think we can really call it boxing. Did you watch the pretend stuff? I think you. Last night? I think you can call what two of those men were doing boxing, but they weren't even in the same boxing match. And, and um, they aren't boxers, also. And I don't know. Is Anderson Silva a boxer at this point? Because he didn't box. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Right, like he, he did, he did box a boxer and beat a boxer before boxing a wrestling based MMA fighter and beating the pants off of him. Yep. I did see a couple of people on Twitter saying it looked fixed, and I was like, either that or you're watching a 40 year old wrestler who yep. who thought he could box without any real boxing training. Box like, of course, it looked fixed. He's bad at boxing. It looked fixed when Ben Askren went down too, and it was a you know a wrestler who didn't train boxing trying to box. Um, yep. It would look the same as the the person on Twitter who is claiming that tried to box. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I did watch it. Um, wow, you were desperate, eh? Hard I did, for I didn't pay for it. I didn't pay for it. Um, nor did anybody I know. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I would say that what. I did see, because I only watched the last two, it was like exactly what you would expect, right? Like Anderson Silva's a better boxer. I'm glad he knocked him out and didn't just like clown him. 
Because, yeah. like, like, if he clowned him for eight rounds and it went to decision and he won all eight rounds, you would have never heard the end of Tito Ortiz. Like, he's already talking about, like, calling out other people, like Logan Paul or, you know. He already did, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, like, dude, you just lost in 90 seconds. Like, <laughs> Yep. Come on, yep. man. Like, who wants to box? I mean, like, maybe people do want to box him now, but, like. You imagine just like waking up from a nap like that and being like, "Oh, I wonder who I could box next." Like, just never box again. Go back to being on city council. <laughs> uh, maybe he, um, maybe he's knocked some sense into him though. Possibly, right? Maybe he's into masks now and vaccines and stuff. Perhaps. Sometimes, somehow, I doubt that. Yeah, probably I think, not. No. <laughs> I think I think probably not. I think he's probably uh, right back on the underground form of which he came. <laughs> yes, it's true. So you um you you must have really hard up for uh for for combat sports if you watch that did you it was watch a bad weekend man it, it was, was. A bad we talked about it last combat last episode we were um, clowning on what was on tap so did you watch any of the events that we mentioned last uh, episode any of the um, super underground regional or international events that we kind of highlighted last podcast. You know, I caught a little bit here and there of, like, events when, like, I saw they were on, and I, again, I'm not paying for any of them, and I apologize if that makes me a bad person, Um, but uh, I did catch a little bit of some of the results and, like, some highlights afterwards, but, yeah, no, I couldn't, like, bring myself to be, like, and I really, I really want to spend a whole weekend watching because there, there just wasn't anything big, uh, which is weird. I, I mean, Fury FC is usually good, but, like, even their lone, like, fight, somebody didn't make weight. And so, like, that was kind of – that always bums you out. Like, their title fight's yep. no longer a title fight. Um, yeah, no, I didn't – man, I just watched – I just watched 56-year-old Evander Holyfield <laughs> not able to – keep up with a 40 year old which i guess makes sense because you know he's really fucking old at this point <laughs> yep and he's been hit a few times in, in the in the old noggin just, of his so. just a couple <laughs> yeah but dan's bringing this podcast down with the depressing weekend um is there anything you hate we started off last podcast with everything that you hate is there anything that, that you hate that we haven't mentioned uh you haven't mentioned yet no, I, you know I. You're good right now. Barbara's not fighting for a while, so. Oh, I think I have a feeling. I have a feeling she's going to be mentioned in today's podcast. Though, oh, Jesus! Dan. You're, no, you can't. Okay, well, we'll we'll get to that when we get. To I that. listed a bunch of I'll, fighters, and I'll she chast- may or may not be on I'll the list. I'll chastise your your list when we get there. All right. All oh, right. you know what? You know what's good because I caught this only by like uh, somebody putting a gif of it up on. Uh, We'll do things I like this week instead of things okay, I hate. Okay, that's good. Um, that's somebody threw up a gif of uh, that uh, Nazamulu Zulu from the Ultimate yes. Fight Series from years ago. Yes. He won the flyweight championship for EFC with a guillotine. Um, it was pretty nice. He looked really good. good. In that, um, or at least in the uh, seven seconds that got gift, in the seven seconds prior to that that got gift. They had like seven seconds of him boxing and then seven seconds of him hitting a guillotine in the second round. So, yeah. He's he's uh it would be fun to see him get another shot at the UFC or something like he could fight in the fucking contender series. One of the guys who one of the only guys that beat him is supposed to fight in the contender series. So hey, give him one too. Based on uh, 14 seconds of scouting video, Dan says he's UFC ready. Well, I liked him. On- <laughs> I know I'm joking. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, and, and like joke if you want, but like when he was on the Ultimate Fighter. He lost to the guy who went to the finals, and it was, like, a terrible style matchup. Ogikobu is, like, 
a freaking really good Japanese wrestler, and he's up against the guy who like wants to kickbox and have a Muay Thai fight. So of course he just got smothered. But like, not every flyweight is just going to smother you. Like the tops right. and the tops of that division are going to smother you. But like, a lot of the guys who are like in the fringe of the top fifteen or just outside of the top fifteen do want to just bang. You know, like he he might have a fun fight with somebody like Tyson Nam or something like that. You're already a fantasy booking him. Perfect. Sign him up. Plus, we can <laughs> use it. We we need more cool names in the UFC. So, um, you're gonna anyway. have some, you're gonna have some good ones coming up on uh, on Contender Series because I, I I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I was looking at this list and I was like, this, this is be fun. This, this is just nightmare. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. All right, let's actually get to that. But before, uh, instead of depressing people with with the uh, a um, weekend with not much to watch. We'll actually um, we'll actually break down some real good, hopefully good fights. Usually they're good fights, but uh, coming up on Tuesday. Before that, let me tell you about WinBet. Uh, you're ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB. NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download, bet, and win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Well, I'm on a roll. Let's, let's, let's talk about PropSwap, too. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go and check out the new PropSwap.com which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. And when you're making your bets, always make sure to go for two, make two tickets on the same team or player, so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, Danny White Contender Series rolling along week number, we're up to week number three from the UFC Apex. This coming Tuesday, 8 p.m., and it's what? It's on UFC... I was on ESPN Plus, I take it, for you Yankees down in the States, right? It, it is on ESPN Plus for the Yankees. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> and it's on TS, TSN, the normal. It's on actual real live TV for us us Canadians here, which is a nice, refreshing change. All right. And there are five fights. I hope six, they don't start. Six fights. No, six. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I hope they don't start this like, oh, why don't we add another fight? Why don't we add another fight? Hopefully, like, it, I, one of the reasons I like it is because it's, you know, short and sweet and like four or five fights, but now they're up to six. Like, I don't want this to blow up to, like, 15 fight night cards every uh, every week. Okay, UFC? Well, I think it only happened because, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, the one of the fights, the um, heavyweight fight that's on this card, was supposed to have happened during the first week when they only had four. Um, okay. Yep. Somebody tested positive or pulled out, and they were trying to rebook it to make it happen, or there was a visa issue or something like that. So I think this six fight card is just to make up for the fact that the first week was a four fight card. So in the first three weeks, we will still have fifteen, uh, and then I think it will just be five from there on out. 
All right, there we go. Dan has spoken. So um, hopefully that is the case. All right, it's, um, do you know about most of these people, Dan? If I, I, know, I, done... I know about all of these people. No, <laughs> wow. I, I know basically nothing except Dan, I think, has told me about a few of them. So um, I haven't even done any research on them. So let's see. Um, opening bout, curtain jerker, women's flyweight, Jasmine. Oh, I was waiting for this one. This, <laughs> I, this is everything I was waiting for. Uh Jazu <laughs> Davicious. It is not hard. Jazu Davicious? Very close. Jazu Davicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's another I in there versus yeah. Julia Polastri. That's not even, that's not fun either. So um, we got Jasmine 5 and 1, Julia 8 and 2. What can you tell, tell us about either of these ladies? So Jasmine Jazudovicius is uh, is a prospect I've liked for a really long time. She's out of CFFC. She also fought for Cage Titans, which is in New England. So, like, two of my favorite regional promotions she's fought for. And the lone loss she had, which is to Elise Reed, she was the one who we just watched fight Sajara Eubanks and get absolutely dominated in. Yep. She lost a split decision to Elise Reed, but she didn't really lose a split decision to Elise Reed. She beat the pants off of Elise Reed, and somehow the judges gave the fight to Elise Reed. Um, so I actually mentally, in my revisionist history, as you know I love, uh, have her as 6-0. and She's uh, The really fun thing about Jazuda Vicious is she's got, like, really exceptionally long arms. Uh, it's kind of almost, like, freaky how long her arms are, and she fights really well from a range both in kicking and, and with her arms. Um, you know, punches, leads up the jab out there, doesn't get in close quarters. But even when she does get in close quarters, she got great knees, too. Like, she, she got a TKO by knees one time. She's fighting a woman who, in, in plastery, who, like, likes to let him fly, too. Um, so, like, I, I think you're going to see a really fun striking matchup, which is awesome. Um, and she comes from Shudo Brazil, which is kind of, like, one of their better promotions down there. Although they love... They love mismatches in Shudo Brazil. They love giving uh, men and women who uh, look like to be on the path of the UFC somebody who's 0-1 or 3-2. and So she's got a couple of those fights in there, and she looks hyper-aggressive, but she's also going to be giving up like 7 or 8 inches in reach uh, to Jazuda Vicious, which is, first of all, at, you know, as you always point out when we do the, the breakdown, it's just like too much reach to be giving up. And as I said... I really like how Jazuda Vicious uses her reach. Um, and depending on the book you're looking at, Jazuda Vicious is either like just barely in the negatives or in the positives. It's almost a pick 'em uh, on a lot of cards. So I actually think Jazuda Vicious is kind of like a a pretty, as far as the six fights on this card go, probably one of my favorite plays on this one because you're going to get a positive number or damn near close to it. And I think she's got a really good chance of winning this one. You forgot to mention the most important thing about Jasuda Vicious. Oh, she's Canadian. Yes. She is. Of Actually, not too far from St. Catharines. Not too, you know, like an hour away from me, maybe, uh, the most. Do you know, so, this is like yeah. uh, th- this, um, uh, with the exception of one fight on this card, uh, there are only, oh, no, 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 because there's a late replacement. Originally, when this card first came out, there were only two Americans on the whole. Oh, yeah card but there's a late replacement that's american too so only three of 12 fighters though which is is pretty crazy low for uh for cool. contenders take fight. that because those used to be just exclusively yeah. like almost like vegas or west coast based uh american fighters right oh yeah so opener we have a canadian versus a brazilian um then we got what a welterweight fight uh jack della 
Madalina versus Angie Lusa. Lusa is from Switzerland. I'm guessing Jack Della Madalina is probably Brazilian with a name like that. No, he's no, Australian. He's really? Australian. Yeah, he's an Australian ah, dude. Picked, oh, yeah, I got uh, Matthew Della, Della Vadova in the NBA. That should have tipped me off. Yeah, another his, Della. his name basically looks just like Matthew Della Vadova. Exactly. <laughs> Della Madalina. All right. So, <laughs> so we got Lucy is Lucy. That's a, that's a great name. He's a seven one with five knockouts, one submission, never been finished. Uh, and then um, Della Vadova, um, Della, <laughs> Della Madalina is nine and two with eight knockouts, one submission. Uh, um, and they are matching up in a welterweight battle. As for the lines, Lucy you can get for plus one thirty five. Uh, Madalina minus one forty. Uh, break this one here down. I, I like Jack Della Madonna. Oof, that's a mouthful. I like him quite a bit. Uh, if, if you've seen any of his fights, and he fights out of um, probably the best um, Australian promotion and Eternal MMA, although they got a couple other ones that are decent down there too, but Eternal MMA is like one of the ones you'll see a lot of people out of. He's fought mostly out of that, but also he had a Cage Warriors fight, which is uh, you know like another nice little step up there. He is he is freaking violent and incredibly aggressive, dude. Like, he is one of those guys that, like, if he makes the UFC, and it turns out if you just win on the Contender Series, it doesn't matter how good you look and you get a contract. So if he wins this fight and winds up in the UFC, he's going to be one of those guys who are just like, I can't miss a Jack Della Madalena fight. Like, I, I just have to make sure. What's his even name again? Jack Della Madalena. <laughs> Uh, there you go yeah like he, he's just so it's like crazy forward action his punches come in like nice combinations every single punch feels heavy he's got great cardio you know like even in like the second round which i mean he's gone to the third round one time but even when he comes out in the second round he's still punching as hard as he did in like the first four seconds of the fight I think that alone is going to be too much for Angelusa here because uh, Lusa is a guy who, like, kind of picks his spots and is liked being the guy who, like, has really good footwork, so he backs people up in, like, good feints. And I just don't think, like, his feints are going to draw anything out of Madalena other than, like, 85 punch combos uh, and backing Lusa up against the case. So I just think Lusa is going to have to fight a fight he doesn't like to fight. That's one off the back foot. And for that reason, uh, I, I like Madalena here. And again, I would say there's another set of odds here that I don't hate either. Because, you know, Jezuda Vicious comes out with a plus number. Madalena, uh, you know, what did you say the, the number you were quoting? Minus 140. Was? I see a minus 140 to minus 160 is the range. Currently. Yeah, and, and, and anywhere in that range, I, I like to. Um, I, I think, that was my next you know, question. Good. A, a lot of times when, I, when I'm looking at some of these odds, there, there's, and I'm going to talk about two people very soon, uh, who I like and I'm going to pick, and I hate the lines, um, and I couldn't hate the lines more. Uh, um, but uh, these two, I, I like both of them, and I think the lines are kind of nice. Listen to Madalena's last nine fights. He dropped his first two pro fights, and then yeah, because he's nine and two in, in on yeah. a nine fight winning streak. Yeah, nine, nine fight winning streaks, so, which covers the past five years. Here are his results: knockout via elbow, TKO punches, TKO punches, submission, rear naked choke, KO punch, TKO punches, TKO doctor stop stoppage, TKO punches, KO punch. So 
Yeah. And that last payoff for punches is like one to watch. He like absolutely puts uh, Alden Bates out hard, uh, which is actually funny too. The the guy he just knocked out, um, Alden Bates, uh, that was back. Well, not just knocked out. He did it in October in Eternal MMA. He knocked him out in two minutes. That's actually who he made his pro debut against, his very first loss. Uh, the guy was like 2-0, and beat him in his pro debut, and now one was 8-2 and and one was 6-2. and They ran it back, you know, five years later, four years later, and he knocked him out uh, in viciously too, like got his revenge. There you go. That's, that's the way you do it. So um, we got two picks that Dan seems pretty solid on to kick things off here. Let's move to the heavyweights, the aforementioned heavyweights that Dan mentioned. Uh, got pushed ahead to this card. Dylan Potter, Lucas Brzezeski. Um, so <laughs> something funny, Dan? It, yeah, your pronunciation of Polish names is always gets me. It's Brzezki. <laughs> Brzezki. He looks like a model. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Look at his... Uh, his um, shirt Dylan on pictures. Pop, uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, Big Papa, Big Papa Dylan Potter is from uh, Olympia, Washington, and then, uh, as Dan mentioned, um, Hot Lucas is from uh, <laughs> Poland. All right, so uh, Luke, <laughs> Hot Lucas, this is he doesn't have a nickname, so that's his new nickname. Um, all right, so he's he's eight one and one with five knockouts, two submissions, and Mister Potter is 10 and 5 though i don't like the five there um he doesn't look like a model um he's three knockouts seven submissions on his record so nothing but finishes for him um a lot of submissions too which is impressive uh for a heavyweight and then uh, what did i say about uh lucas is every he's finished everyone except one person and as for the line We've got uh, Hot Lucas is at minus 250. Um, Mr. Potter is at plus 230. So what are you thinking about this one? So I, I like Brezky quite a bit in this fight, but I, this is one of the ones I don't like the odds on. Negative 250 seems kind of steep. Because you, you mentioned he's finished everybody, right? Um, with actually yeah. the exception of – Except one. Two, because he, he – he, well, two if you count the draw, right? Because he's got a draw in there too. Right, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like – those are the two legitimate fighters he's fought. Um, Mikal Kita, uh, who's a, a fighter out of KSW, who's had a, a bunch of big level fights. He beat Igor Pokryak. He beat like he's beaten some like legitimate UFC level guys. Um, and the other guy he didn't finish was Ednaldo Aldevera, which you might not remember. Ednaldo Oliveira, but he was also a UFC veteran. Um, his nickname was uh, Squidward, uh, although it was the Brazilian version of Squidward from SpongeBob. Um, but Does, he did fought, he look like Squidward? I don't remember anyone that looked of, like Squidward. In the he NBA, was kind NBA, of like NBA. a – Well, so you have to go way back to when he was in the UFC. He made his UFC debut against Gabriel Gonzaga uh, at uh, Aldo versus Mendez 1. Uh, that's when Aldo Oliveira was in there. And he wasn't like – so I think the reason they called him Squidward was because he's just kind of like amorphous. He, he's like one of those heavyweights that he's not fat. So we'll put it this way. He wouldn't have been a chunky guy. We wouldn't have gotten excited about Ednaldo Oliveira for being a chunky guy. But you know when we talk about guys being loose chunky? <laughs> yes, he, I do know he, that. He's, he's, he's loose but not chunky. So do with that what you will. <laughs> what, um, what's, what, are, uh, what does he think about – uh, sponges. Does he get annoyed by sponges and by starfish that live beside him? 
Ednaldo Oliveira, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, much well, about that's a good SpongeBob, nickname then. So I, SpongeBob escapes me. So really, uh, like, you were like no, ten when it came. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. I, your didn't have, I didn't have Nickelodeon. Oh, you didn't, didn't have TV have though, cable. right? Yeah, I but like the TV oh, I did right. have was with like a uh, antenna and a rotor. So like I got like Grainy Fox and then like NBC and CBS. They came in clear, and then I think I had UPN, which I'm pretty sure isn't even a channel anymore. But it no, played like it uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper and stuff like that. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, how, how do you know all the re- all the wrestling references I make then? Well, so we used to get VHSs all the time, oh, okay, yeah, Blockbuster yeah. or uh, the yep. local, the, the really ghetto local video store we used to have that was out of a Chinese restaurant. Um, there, was a, <laughs> there was a Chinese restaurant and a video store that shared it. So, like, all the, the DVDs – or the VHSs, sorry. We wasn't DVD era yet. Um, all the VHSs had, like, a faint smell of, like, Chinese food on them, which was, like – That's a, not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if you really enjoy Chinese food, I guess it's, that's maybe a bonus. Um, Back to our original point, because Ednaldo Oliveira is... Fine. He's not even fighting in this. He, he's not even but, fighting. I know. My point is here is that Bresky is finishing guys who are bad. Uh, and when he has to fight a guy who's not bad, he can't finish. <laughs> um, and that, right. that worries me, because Dylan Potter is kind of durable. And despite being a guy who's not in phenomenal shape like he'll never be accused of being in phenomenal shape it's kind of durable like he he went three rounds with anthony freight train hamilton um granted he lost that fight but like he went three rounds with freight train who's known to knock people out um you know like he he is a fairly durable guy so i don't know how that plays against brezky so as a result, I'm picking Bresky, but I am, like, a little tentative on, like, whether or not those odds are worth playing. Um, Potter, also, it's worth noting, is much smaller, like, much smaller. Yeah, he's usually a, he's usually a light heavyweight, right? So he's kind of usually a light heavyweight. He's really young. That's the thing. Is I think he's just been taking fights wherever he can get him because he's only 26, which is incredibly young for a lightweight or a light heavyweight. Like, he'd be the youngest yeah. guy in the UFC in those two divisions if he won. Um but yeah, like I, I think, uh, I, I think he is just taking this at heavyweight because he's a late replacement. You know, Brezky, like right. I said, remember when I said somebody had to take a fight from the first uh, contender series fight that was originally supposed to be a five fight card. I want to be in a four fight. It was supposed to be Brezky versus Lorenzo Hood, who's a guy off of uh, PFL. Um, and maybe even contender series once, but Lorenzo Hood is like would have been a really fun fight with Brezky, and I might have even favored Hood because he's just got like better fights on his career. Um, he fought like Alan Crowder, and he fought Curtis Blades back in the day, and like he's fought some like dudes. So I would have liked to see Lorenzo Hood versus Brezky, but now you know you get the short notice replacement. You know the stats as it goes with short notice replacements. Yeah. It's just like it's not going to be good for Potter for that reason, and because he's so much smaller. Um, but again, uh, I don't like Brezky's finishing abilities against guys who are decent, and I think Potter is—he's at least decent. All right, so we're uh, you're leaning to the hot guy, but but you're not um, committing your money to it. I can't, I can't fade the chunky guy. It's hard to, to, to fade. <laughs> it is hard to do. It is. All right, so that's half of the card. Let, let me tell you about a couple of more of our sponsors, and we'll, we'll break down the other half. Uh, PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for sports betting picks, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport, loaded with best bets. 
props and parlays. You can find in-depth analysis in every game all for free. Found your pick, search the latest sportsbook promotions and sign up on an account. Compare the odds and finally place your bet. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-G-A-M-B-L-E-R, which I think spells gambler. Uh, we're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you the more you can win up to ten times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. Um, how how do your picks do tonight? Do you know Dan uh, for the article you wrote for uh, your Sunday night baseball, are any of those picks, are any of those picks worthy of a prize picks um, over or under? Yeah, so so they were a little rough to begin with because uh, one or two of the guys didn't wind up in the starting lineup, which uh, there is a disclaimer in the article that you should check the starting lineups ahead of time. But for some reason, Brett Gardner didn't start, which uh, threw threw my kind of picks into disarray because Brett Gardner was doing really well. Uh, But if I would say that the ones that did play, you should have played the over on Javi Baez because I say oh, he already has a hit and he was my captain for today. And uh, yep. the over on Michael Conforto and uh, maybe the under on any of the Yankees that I picked uh, because I, right. it, uh, I picked some uh, some duds there. Gio Urshela seems to not be hitting yet at this point. Of course, I'm saying this as we're recording. He probably will get four hits later on in the game and then I'll look even dumber. Uh, but yeah, under on Gio Urshela, over on Conforto and Javi Baez. And if you did that and you bet twenty bucks, you and you win, you would get you get paid out a hundred bucks. That's like five times your money. That's called the power play option. So that works for me. That math, that math there. Also, make sure when you're on the site, use promo code SGP and you'll receive a hundred percent instant deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. That's Price Picks promo code SGP. All right, break down the uh, last half of Dana White's Contender Series. Middleweights, Kyle Bittencourt, um, Albert Durav, Durav, uh, Bittencourt, actually is Kyle Felipe Bittencourt da Silva, and Albert Durav, 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 Dan. Durav. Durav. All right, let's let's see what I can tell you about these these here gents. Uh, Durayev is thirteen and three. I can tell you that as the page loads up. All right, he's from Russia. Thirteen and three, three knockouts, eight submissions. Uh, he's been knocked out himself three times, so that's the only way he loses this is via knockout. And did I mention this is middleweight? This is at middleweight for these gents. And he's thirty-two years old. Mister Felipe Bittencourt da Silva is fourteen and six. So we're Actually got some veterans here, kind of like last week's contender series. Uh, he's 30 years old. He's got 12 knockouts, two submissions, so all he does is finish fights. Um, and he's from Brazil. And the Lions, yeah, this is a very international event we got here. The Lions, Bittencourt, plus 270. Durayev, minus 275. It's another big line. Is this the other line that you're not a fan of? Yeah, it is. And, and I would actually say almost... If you're going to bet this fight at all, you should probably just bet the underdog. Because while I like Durayev, like, uh, he's just uh, – he, he's got some flaw, like technical flaws in his striking game sometimes that just kind of bother me. He gets tentative and complacent. I don't like how he goes for takedowns, especially for how he's going to go against – 
Bittencourt, who is super strong, like he he likes trips and he likes like upper body trips, and he's up against the guy who's probably not going to let him close enough to trip him, and is very like Bittencourt. I, I don't know if you've seen a picture of him. He is the opposite of a chunky guy. He's built like a fucking house. Um, so I'm gonna pick Durayev here, but I will say don't bet him. Uh, in fact, like. I would say if there's value anywhere here, it's on Bittencourt. Bittencourt at 270 or 250 or wherever you're getting them, because it's pretty much in that range, it's actually probably worth it. Because, um, you know, like you said, Durayev has lost three times, all of them being by knockout. Bittencourt has got really good one-punch power, and he's knocked, like, a bunch of dudes out with his one-punch power, um, including his last fight where he threw, like, this... it, It was, like, a short little uppercut that just seemed to, like try to discourage somebody from a takedown. It wasn't even like he, like, loaded up on an uppercut. It was just, like, a little discouraging, like, don't shoot a takedown on me. Um, and it put the dude out cold. He didn't even need to follow it up. And he was, like, almost surprised uh, after hitting it. because like, that's the kind of power he has. So, like, I, I would say this. If you're thinking about betting every fight, which we obviously encourage you to do all the time, bet Bittencourt. Um, it's <laughs> worth it. Like, like he's uh, – yeah. he's – He's fun to watch, and, like, you know, I'm not going to bet a guy at negative 300 that I'm not thrilled about, um, and I'm not thrilled about Durant. There you go. Um, Bantamweights, Mo Miller, who Dan has spoken of before, uh, versus Brandon Lewis. Uh, boring names. They must be American guys, right? <laughs> they are Americans, Ameri- I take it. The, the Mo Show? Brandon Lewis. Fi- the, the Mo Show Mo mm-hmm. Miller is, is a boring nickname? Is that I didn't I didn't get to this nickname part yet. No, it's the, the Mo it's Show. The Mo, where, it's the Mo Show. <laughs> I take it his teammate um, Stepe probably uh, gave him that nickname. Stepe is a, a fun guy like that, right? Uh, you know, oh, Brandon funny. Lewis has a. Mm. So I, I actually talked to him about working with Stepe, who's given him like a bunch of like mental help uh, leading into this fight. He trains with him and Alexa Kamer. Um, it used to train with Jessica I all the time, but, uh, he, he did get it from training partners who said, who just like yeah. helped to rem- helped to remind him when he goes to fights, by the way, he's on last week's edition of the Top Turtle Podcast, which is where you can hear all this information. Um, but part of why that nickname is there is he likes to go in with the mentality that everybody's in the, the building to watch him because, uh, you have to watch the Mo Show when the Mo Show's on. Of course you do. Of course you do. All right. Um, they're both, both five and zero. Oh, Brandon Lewis is nicknamed Superman, so look out for that. Uh, two knockouts, one submission. Um, like I said, five and zero. Oh, last two fights were in LFA, which is um, impressive. It's basically the top, the top um, regional promotion uh, around, the top feeder promotion for the UFC. And then Mo Miller, the Mo Show, five and zero. Oh, also three knockouts, one submission. Um, and he is from the Strong Style Fight Team, as Dan said, and he's. Also fought uh, LFA the last two fights. Last fight he won via knockout slam. So that's uh, always always impressive. Uh, as for the lines, the Mo Show minus three thirty, Brandon Lewis plus three fifteen. So it's another mismatch according to the uh, according to the lines at least. Yeah, and and this is a big wide gap that maybe I don't love to play because I just in general don't like to play negative three hundred lines, but. Uh, I, I am thinking Mo Miller here, and I'm pretty confident in it because of those aforementioned takedowns, right? Like, you talked about him having a slam KO. He actually had, like, seven or eight different takedowns in that fight that could have knocked his opponents out, and the last one did it. 
um, because this dude not just has like an amazing wrestling game, which you can kind of expect from a guy training with Steve Bay and Alexa Kamer, right? Like he should have a good takedown game. Um, he also trained from, or also uh, wrestled for uh, Notre Dame College, not Notre Dame University, Notre Dame College, which is kind of well known for being like a junior. I think it's a junior college. Don't 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 tweet at me if I'm wrong about that. Um, but I think it's a junior college that has like had a lot of decent wrestlers who like just weren't able to get to D1 or or chose to go the junior college route because they couldn't get into D1 or like whatever. Um, I think Cody Garbrandt actually went there for a year too. So like good wrestlers have gone to Notre Dame College. He's got great wrestling, but it's not just like he's really good at getting his opponents down. He's like really good at like elevating his opponents and dropping them on their heads, uh, which is what he did to his last opponent, but it's what he's done to a bunch before. I would also say this, uh, you know, like you see this fight come up on the docket and you're like five and O versus five and O. Do either of them really deserve to be in the UFC? They both have like damn near close to double digit amateur fights too. Um, like Mo Miller was on the amateur circuit for like six or seven fights. I want to say Brandon Lewis, I think had eight or nine fights, um, on the amateur circuit. So they're like, they're like very well traveled for only being five and oh, but, but I, I just don't think Lewis has got the wrestling defense to stop what Mo Miller is going to try to do. That being said, Lewis is kind of fun too, though. There you go. Um, and that will be our co-main event, our main event. His, his name can't be pronounced Gelton, is it? Gelton Jr.? It's Gelton. Gelton. It's spelled Gelton, but yeah, Gelton Jr. Uh, uh, from Brazil, of course. Um, he is – oh, wait, this is like heavyweight, um, I believe. Is not – yes, it is. So he yeah, is, is 13 – yeah, 13 and 2, five knockout date submission. So all he does is finish fights. Um, looks like he's fights well, exclusively in Brazil, which is – you never know what you're going to get. Uh, the Brazil regional scenes kind of um, – you can't really trust the results. You see, as, as Dan said earlier, um, a lot of mismatches and stuff. He's fighting a uh, man so nice and named him twice, Nazruddin Nazruddinov from uh, Russia. He is 9-0, and uh, four knockouts, one submission, and um, he's fought mostly in ACA, Absolute Combat, Akmat. Um and as for the line, that's right. I should tell you a line for this, shouldn't I? Uh, Nazardin, uh, Nazardinov minus 184 is the best I see him at. And then Jailton, uh, uh, I see him listed as Almeida also, but I think he's probably Almeida Jr. or something. But regardless, those Brazilians and their names, he's at plus 185. So what do you think of this? Yeah, so first of all, his name is Jelton Almeida. I, I don't think he's Jelton Almeida Jr., um, but also his nickname is not Jr. It's uh, Mojadeno. Um, yeah. which, which is, so I have no idea where junior comes from, but I had been introduced to him as Jelton junior by, uh, in, in like, uh, uh, you know, like a, he's been in a dozen articles by Sean Bitter, the like prospect guru guy. Um, and I'll just say this, like, there's a reason he's been in all of those, um, articles is because like he is really good. Like he, he is incredible. I'm like a big fan of him. Uh, he's very large, he throws very hard, and he's got very good jiu-jitsu, um, and including, he's got very good jiu-jitsu in a way that, like, is both suffocating, but also just, like, um, like, leads people to giving their backup, or leads people to, he's got, you know, we mentioned Ednaldo Aldevera, uh, earlier on in the show, having lost to Lucas Bresky, right, uh, the Squidward dude, 
He's the actually dude. He's actually lost. Uh, he lost to Jelton Jr. as well. Um, but Jelton Jr. Uh, put him out. He, he put him out with an arm triangle choke, and that's he also beat um, Yuri Alcantara's little brother, Ildemar Al- Alcantara. Uh, so like he's got multiple wins over UFC dudes. Um, and again, he is just like he's first of all he's a very big light heavyweight. He's six four, and he is like he, you're gonna look at him and you're gonna be like, how the hell did he make light heavyweight? It is crazy that he did so. And he's fighting a guy in in uh, Nazardin Nazardinov, uh, who who is kind of a guy who I would, like think of as being one of those like classic you know Eastern Bloc Russian wrestler types. Um, and it's got some good punches and in his ability to like stop people with those. But like, look, he took a majority decision over Corey Hendricks. Do you remember Corey Hendricks? He was on the like. That really terrible season, the Ultimate Fighter that I think no, was one by. No, he's back to the Ultimate Fighter. Was it one by? Did, did Josh? Oh no, it was. I, I think it was Andrew Sanchez, the Canadian dude, won that year, right? And, and like, don't ask me, Dan. Like I remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he was on the season with Andrew Sanchez. Um, so like Andrew Sanchez won a uh, contract and this guy didn't. So um, he he's got. This guy's got decent wrestling in, like, good wrestling in the way that you would expect a Russian to, but, like, not top level. And I think he doesn't want to wrestle Jelton Jr., who is really well-versed at submissions and is just, like, capable of snatching up a guillotine. So I'm going to say – I'm going to take Jelton Jr. here uh, with the upset victory in the main event, which I did again last week, but uh, it didn't work out so great. But uh, I I like him here because I think he's got a whole bunch of different ways to finish this fight – um, the big strength is, is like, he's very clearly going to have a size advantage on Nazaruddinov. And I just, you know, like Nazaruddinov is just a guy who I'm not overly confident on that wrestling side of his game. There you go. And Dan will have, um, write-ups and all this on the sports gambling podcast.com tomorrow. I take it. And we'll see if you flip flopping into your picks. <laughs> I, I know, won't. Right? I, I'm, I'm on track on this one. I think. All right, so, so the 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 gens hashtag the gens want um, parlays. Do you have any decent parlays for for this? Is there any people you want to put together? So I'd say if I if I wanted to put people together on this one, because first of all, I want to avoid um, Mo Miller's line. I want to avoid Brezky's line. Um, I, I said officially, I think I'm just taking bit in court now. If, if you're gonna bet that fight, you got to bet the dog or nothing else. Um, and Almeida's already kind of got a, ju- you know, Jelton Jr. slash Almeida has already kind of got a juicy enough line that I don't necessarily need to put it in a parlay. So I'm going to say I like, uh, I'll, I'll take Jazuda Vicious and Madalena and put that in just like a two fight one. That You're going to get plus 250 on those two coming back um, to kick off the night. Then, then after you win those first two and you're feeling real good. You can you can take all your winnings of the plus two fifty and sprinkle it on all the underdogs that I sort of con- like I sort of kind of like Bittencourt, but I really like Jelton Junior. So you can you can sprinkle some of the winnings on Junior after you win that uh that two fight parlay to kick off the night. And y'all, you know where you can get this money to sprinkle everything on? You can get it from all the money you're going to save by switching to Mint Mobile. Ha <laughs> ha. Good transition. Uh, a very good one. <laughs> after years of fine print contracting, you ripped off by big wireless providers. If, We've learned anything. It's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile 
offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all makes made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings directly to you. For people looking at extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-G-P. So sport S-G-P. So mintmobile.com slash sport S-G-P. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sport S-G-P. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. If you haven't downloaded the Odds Crowd app yet, you're missing out. The free world football contest is taking place on Odds Crowd this year. 10000 bucks for the best NFL better. Sides are included as well this year. Also, weekly $100 SGPN exclusive contests just for people who have the app downloaded. There's over 30000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim at bragging rights over us too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick-tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And if you download the apps, make sure you download the SGPN app. Um, we are now live in the App Store, Google Play Store. We give you easy access to all our picks, podcasts. You can get alerts every time one of our podcasts drops. You can get access to all our articles on the on the website and everything you need. And when you do download it, make sure you uh, toss us an app review and enjoy the app. All right. Um, we can do uh, quickly. We'll do part two of John's got questions from. Uh, our SGPN Slack board, which if you, if you guys aren't in it yet, definitely make sure um, you sign up for SGPN on the Slack network. Um, lots of fun degenerates in there, guys and gals. Um, so John, one of his many questions, he wanted us to name our the best fighters under 25. So I changed it to 25 and under since there's a few um, to be added um, who are right at the cusp of uh, 25. Um, so Dan, I actually... We did some work on it, right? You did. You did your research on it. I I did my research on it. Yeah. Before we get started, I want I yes. want to give you this. I want to give you this question. So so I was when I was doing my research on this, I was trying to put together a list. I I looked by division for people under yeah, twenty five to start, and and I started at the top and worked my way down. Yep. Um. So so you may have already done the same exact research as me here. How many combined? In the UFC, heavyweights and I'm going to combine light heavyweights as well are 25 or under in the whole UFC. Yeah, Sign, I, currently signed to the UFC heavyweights hmm. slash light heavyweights. How many total in those two divisions are 25 and under? Yeah, I don't know. I just went with like ones that were ranked the highest on the performance rankings I do on MMA Dash Manifesto. So I actually don't. 
have the answer, which is good. So I can guess here. Um, heavyweights and light heavyweights. Um, 25 and under. All right. So how many fighters are we talking in there? Um, there aren't massive divisions, right? There's No, they're, they're smaller divisions. We're probably talking about like maybe maybe 40 to 50 in each division, I would say. Right. So, yeah, maybe about 100 fighters. There's probably like, uh, I want to say five, but it might even be less than that. It's it's one. There is one guy in those <laughs> that is twenty five. Really, it is. First of all, there's no heavyweight. The youngest heavyweight is Sergey Spivak, who's twenty six. Right. Yeah, we just talked um, about last week. Yeah. Which, like, sh- shout out to Sergey Spivak only being twenty six because that guy looks like he's thirty five. Um, and then uh, the only one under or twenty five and under, right? Because we're counting twenty five year olds. Is Alexa right. Kamer, the aforementioned oh, Alexa right. Kamer yes. from yes. Uh, Strong Style MMA? He's the only light wild. heavyweight that's twenty five or under. Wild stuff. Yeah. So when I was going through this, um, it, basically all the uh, young fighters are basically in either the lighter weight classes or in the women's um, division, basically. Um, so I guess I think the women uh, have a bright future uh, with the, the prospects that. Uh, that I came across at least. Um, how about we just like go back and forth with fighters that are on the list? I think I just did mine based on how they're ranked on the performance rankings on my site. So these aren't really these aren't really my rankings on on the best prospects necessarily, but but they're one of the best prospects. Uh, the top of the list for my rankings would be Song Yadong, twenty uh, three year old. Uh, he's seventeen five and one with one no contest. So he's fought a lot already for twenty three years old, and he's a very solid six one and one in the UFC. Uh, he's already beaten like notable names like Marlon Barra, uh, Casey Kenny. So um, took Cody Stamen to a draw. So um, he didn't. He didn't draw Cody Stamen. That was there we go. Judges. Oh, that's that right. Novel judges decision. <laughs> yes. he should have lost that fight. <laughs> there you go. So anyhow, um, I, I think uh, like I said, he, he's the top of the list. I'm not saying like these are necessarily. Um, I didn't necessarily rank them. Um, I just ranked, like I said, based on on, on performance rankings. But I, I'm sure he's probably close to the top of, of your list, also, or he's at least on your list, right? I want to say he was. So I, I have a list here. If, I, I didn't count how many hands. I think I had 13 on mine. I think I have 15 on mine. There are 15 <laughs> on mine, and he was probably, if I had to number them, he's definitely top five. Yeah. Um, like, like no question top five, I'd probably have to do some debating and digging into it, but he's definitely top five, but I'll tell you who's number one for me as far All as right. guys 25 and under, and that's Ilya Tapuria. Um, yep, he's well, second on my list here. Yeah. Like he has to be right. Because like, yep. not only did he just knock Ryan Hall silly, which is, is worth something, but like jujitsu is hit the best part of his game. Right, like he knocked Ryan Hall silly, and he's got like another. Who who else did he knock out? I can't even remember now. We're gonna put he's got three in. knockouts, seven submissions as a pro. He knocked out Damon Jackson before oh, that. Oh yeah, he knocked out Damon Leach Jackson, which is also like a nice knockout victory. But like, that's not the best part of his game. The best part of his game is like his takedowns and his crazy good submission. With back yep. in back in Cage Warriors, because he used to fight in Cage Warriors, he fought this. Yep. Uh, this Belgian guy named Brian Buland, who I'm like a big fan of Brian Buland. I think he's like very, very good, has like a ton of potential, probably going to get signed to the contender series at one point in time in his life. And he just like put that dude out in like no time at all with an anaconda choke. And I do mean put out, he didn't get him to tap with the anaconda choke. He put him cold with an anaconda choke and won the Bantamweight championship. 
Um, although I think he missed weight, so technically yeah, he missed weight, allowed, so he didn't. He wasn't allowed to win it, but yeah. Um, but then like immediately went to featherweight and started doing that same thing to featherweights because he's just like an absolute animal. So he's like he's part of that movement of of Georgians coming to the UFC. He's yep. absolutely incredible with his hands. He's incredible with his wrestling. He's incredible with his submissions. Like I, I think you're going to see him fight guys like. Like, I would love to see him fight Bryce Mitchell because I actually think he would tool on Bryce Mitchell in, like, a violent way because I think he could he could stay on his feet in the wrestling department. In As far as striking goes, he vastly outmatches Bryce Mitchell. So, yeah, Tapuria for me is clearly, like, the one. And then, like, we have to take a big step before we get to number two. Yeah, so um, you think he's way above Yadong for sure then? Yeah, and, and I actually, if you don't mind me, scoop it in here and put in my number Go ahead. Because I do have Song Yudong. I think he's somewhere between three and five. Like I said, he's definitely top five. But it's one big step, two, big step, then three through five, all basically yeah. touching each other. And number two for me is Armand Zakurian. Um, That's who Jong. Jong said we better mention Armand Zakurian. So there we go. We are mentioning you have, him. You have to mention Armand Zakurian because, like, Dude, he is – he's such a good wrestler. Like, he took that short-notice fight in his debut and looked amazing doing it. And, like, is he flawless? No, he's not flawless. Like, he's, he's got stuff to work on. He's got some wrestling to work on. Um, because he, he did get out-wrestled by Islam Makachev, but, like, looked great doing it. And as he moves up in the division, that could be a problem. But he beat the hell out of Olivier Alban Mercier. He beat the hell out of Davi Hamosh. He beat the hell out of Matt Frivola. He took Matt Frivola down like 150 times. It was brutal. And Matt Frivola likes to wrestle. Um, yeah, so he's on a three-fight winning streak. He's ranked at, at lightweight, if I'm not mistaken, now by the UFC. Um, so, like, he's a guy for sure that you have to talk about. And like, like I said, for me, it was one big step, two big step, and then there's, like I said, three or four guys tied at, like, three through six that you could put them in any order and it really wouldn't matter. Yeah, I think Yudong's rated higher on mine because he's already fought eight times in the UFC, which is insane. Uh, considering how young he is. He is crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, how about, how about the next guy I got on here? So I had um, Brendan Allen. Um, he was one of the who, ones I had in that, like, Song Yudong section. Yeah. He he is uh, December 28th. He will be turning 26. But as of now, he is on our list. Uh, he is, what, 17 and 4 as a pro. So he's another one of those guys who's fought a crazy amount of time uh, despite being a youngster. 5-1 in the UFC, a former LFA middleweight champ. Um, his UFC record, he submitted Kevin Holland, uh, TKO Tom Breeze, beat Kyle Dawkins for his decision loss. Sean Strickland, that's the only person he lost to at catchweight fight, nonetheless, too, um, above his weight class. Um, submitted Carl Robertson and then uh, beat uh, Ponahile Soriano via decision in his last fight. So, And that um, was the most impressive one, despite the fact that he, like, finished those other dudes. And, like, yep. people are super high on Kevin Holland, which, by the way, I haven't been for a while. Um, but uh, that, that fight with Puna was by far – the best fight of his because it showed he could box he like didn't even get into his wrestling and I think that's probably why he's on this list for me because when he got beat by Sean Strickland I was like oh it looks like this guy can't hang with his boxing and then it turns out that loss aged really well um and he's just really really good at boxing too uh because he outboxed Puna um which is yep 
No small feet. Yeah, so I had him on that list. I'll tell you another one who I had in this because you, you just said, and it, it just triggered the memory that you had him saying that he's aging out of this technical yep. list in December. I have one that's aging out sooner than that. I have one that's aging yep. it out in uh, a month and five days from the it's time. the next guy on my list, I bet. Go it, ahead. It's probably on Piva, right? Like, no, it's not. No, oh, I, sure. I didn't have probably, him on my list. So probably on Piva needs to be on that list, dude, because, like, he, first of all, he had a really tough time when he first got to the UFC. He lost a split decision to Kai Kara France, and then the doctor stopped his next fight for a, a cut against Rogero Bontarin. And, like, he was 0-2, and people were like, he's trash at flyweight. He immediately starched Mark De La Rosa, beat the hell out of Shalga Shumagulov, and then after missing weight was like, that's cool, I'll fight at Bantamweight. And he beat Kyler Phillips, who was ranked in his debut at Bantamweight. Yep. On short notice, nevertheless, the the other cool thing about him is, like, he's got good submissions and good, like, kickboxing, and now he's training at Alpha Male to, like, sure up his wrestling, and as much as I've never been much of a, like, an Alpha Male guy, like, it's the perfect marriage of, like, a young prospect who clearly has one area where if it gets better, he'll be a murderer. He'll, like, just kill everybody he's fighting, and, like he found the right team to fix that thing for him, right? Like, everybody at Alpha Male can wrestle. So, like, and also Sonya Dong's at Alpha Male, too, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. like, he's going to wrestle guys like Sonya Dong and Uriah Faber and guys who are his same size and who have tons of wrestling backgrounds. So it's just, like, it's a great spot for him. And I think it was him, Brendan Allen, Sonya Dong, and and there's one other guy I'll mention, too, um, if you don't mention him next. Um, that like next is right next year. Right, right. This person is no, he's not aging out. Actually, next year it was. Uh, how about Jimmy the Brute Crude? Was yeah, he the I, one? I had him on my list, but not that high. Yeah. I actually the uh, so you can talk about Jimmy the Brute Crude too if you want, but I'll mention quickly, sure. here. I'll mention real quickly in here. I had Edmund Shabazian was the other yep, one. He, he's on the list too. Despite yeah. his his like recent like really shitty looking losses lately, like they were to Derek Brunson. Like, we can excuse the loss to Derek Brunson. I actually yeah. think he's much – he's got, like, a really bright future. But anyway, talk. tell me about Jimmy the Brute Crew. Uh, does he have a – does he have a bright – He's fighting soon, right? Isn't he fighting I soon? think so, yeah. Does he have a bright future, though, Shabazian, uh, with the camp he's fighting out of, Dan? I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, like, you know, people love to shit on Um <laughs> uh, And, like, I, I get why, right? Because, like – Ronda came up and didn't need to box, right? And and then everybody's like, he's a terrible boxing instructor. But, like, then Edmund Shabazian boxed some dudes up when he was in the UFC. And, like, yep. you know, his his older brother uh, is not bad either, Leon Shabazian. He was on the Contender right. Series and didn't get a contract or whatever. And he can box a little bit. I, I think we overestimate how much of, like, Ronda's failed boxing was largely due to the fact that, like, she never had to box anybody in a bad situation. Like, nothing ever went wrong for her. Um, People were so afraid of getting taken down that they sometimes just, like, forgot that they had to box, too. Um, Because she knocked out Betch Cohea, right? Like, and it wasn't because she was a better boxer than Betch Cohea, because, spoiler alert, Betch Cohea is actually a better boxer than Ronda Rousey. Um, it was that, like, Betch was terrified of being taken down and so terrified that she didn't guard her face. Um, yeah. But I, I actually think Edmund Shabazian does have a bright future. I think people are a little more harsher on Edmund Tavarian than they need to be. 
like he's just so easy to meme because you just yell head movement, head movement. It's like, <laughs> yes, you know, like, it, it, it's like it's almost like he deserved a little ribbing for that. And it then just like absolutely derailed the fact that he's probably not a really terrible coach. Now, before we actually get off Shabazian, um, what he is, he's already fought six times in the UFC. He's already headlined in the UFC, and he's only 23 years uh, old. He'll be 24 November the 20th. He is 11 and two, but he has dropped his last two fights. Um, but they were to Jack Hermanson and Derek Brunson. So, but no he also knocked there. out. He brought, yep. knocked out Brad Tavares. He knocked out Brad Tavares. Uh, submitted Jack Marshman. Uh, TKO Charles Bird uh, beat Darren Stewart via decision. So um, all all veterans and all. List, dude. Yep, yep. But very a very bright future for him. Uh, back to Jimmy the Brute Crute, another one of the um, Australian contingent um, of fighters. He is yeah. He will be. He's fighting Jamal Hill. You may want to call him Jamal Hill, but I call him Jamal Hill because uh, that's how it's spelled. He's supposed to fight October 2nd, but it got bumped up to what, December the 4th. But the fight is still intact. Um, he is, as a pro, where is he? Crew, 12-2, 4-2 uh, uh, in, in the UFC. Um, his UFC career is gone. He submitted Paul Craig. So that's enough right there to get you on the list, right? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> submitted in his Paul debut. Craig. Submitted his Paul debut. Craig put you near the top of the list. Although like, exactly. I guess maybe I should have put him in the song you don't hear. Yeah, because he submitted Paul Craig, then he TKO'd Sam Alvey, which is not it's easy not easy to, to do. do. Nope. It's not easy to knock that bastard yeah. down. <laughs> Lost. Uh, got submitted by Misha Serkinov, which uh, no shame there really. Uh, then submitted uh, Mikhail Olyewechuk. 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 <laughs> then uh, KO'd Modestus Bukowskis, uh, and then lost to Anthony Smith, which is no shame in that either. So, but the loss to uh, Anthony Smith is also kind of fluky too, because um, yeah, yeah, and, and it was he got kicked in that weird nerve in your leg that gives you drop foot, right, and right, he just right. couldn't bend his foot. But like, even with the weird drop foot, he took down Anthony Smith, which is like, d- dude, that's pretty damn impressive. Because Anthony Smith's a, I mean, like we're gonna see him main event this upcoming weekend. Uh, he's he's sometimes not the easiest dude to take down. All right, let's let's talk about your favorite. Uh, let's talk about Macy Barber, Dan. Um, no, I, she's not on my list first of all because yeah. she lost her last fight. Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's read her resume off. I'm not saying you know whether she's good or not. That's just she's only 23. She won't be 24 till next May. She is 92 as a pro. Has only fought in LFA in the UFC. And she's 83 as a pro. Okay. She, she lost her last fight to she, Marina Maverick. It, Who is the, the one FC, I was going to mention? I know Miranda <laughs> Maverick is is definitely on the list. Uh, TKO'd Hannah Cyphers, TKO'd uh, JJ Aldridge, TKO'd Jillian Robertson, lost to Roxy Modafferi, lost to Alexa Grasso, lost to Miranda Maverick. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank, thank you. She, thank you for changing that result to what it actually ought to be. Nothing. Uh, I I know she's annoying and she didn't deserve that win, but that's that's still a very good resume for twenty three year old. It is, but like, let's talk about Miranda Mavericks then, because her record, her resume looks way better. Um, if you consider the fact that she should have won that fight against, like, there's there's no reason to give that fight to Macy Barber. Whoever gave that fight to Macy Barber wasn't watching that fight. First of all, um, I, I'm pretty sure we looked that one up on MMA Decisions at the yeah, time, right? And it yeah. was there. There was nobody who gave it to Macy Barber. I'll look it up real quick while we're doing it, but like. Yeah. With that being said, Miranda Maverick has wins over Leanna Jojua, which, by the way, that win aged 
so well because Leanna Jojua looks really good now. I actually was yep. going to put her on this list, and then I saw she was 26 or 27, and I was like, oh, damn, that's a shame. But, like, she pieced her up on the feet. Then she dominated Jillian Roberts on the ground. Like, dude, yep. that's incredible. And then likely beat Macy Barber, uh, yeah. only to get, like, absolutely screwed out of a decision. So, like, she should be on this, this list. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Sure. There are... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 media members who scored yep. that fight. All 22 of them scored it, Maverick, 29, 28. All 22 what? of them agreed identically that Miranda Maverick won rounds 1 and 2 and lost round 3. And somehow Sal Diamato and Dave Hagan uh, disagreed and gave Macy Barber ridiculous round two victory um what do what do media know we we think that usd fighters are underpaid so we obviously don't know what that's we're right we're about, idiots right? <laughs> um speaking of people who got screwed out of a decision that i i do want to mention here um kate hansen should be on this list yeah um, she is she's on my list yep yeah 22 like two years old and only and she lost that recent fight to um the the Welsh uh girl with a really soft voice uh that Rye Fraber calls the Hobbit, another alpha male female. Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Corey McKenna. She lost that decision yep. to Corey McKenna. She did not lose that fight. Corey McKenna did not beat Kay Hansen. Kay Hansen should have won that fight. Um so like two women right there who were screwed out of decisions. I know we're running short on time. I just want to shout out the rest of the people who I have on my list real quick. Um yep. Shout out to Casey O'Neill, who's yep, a beast. The King, oh, she's on the list. Yep. Yeah, almost no fight so far. 7-0 um, and 2-0 in the UFC. Right. Melissa Gatto, she just fought her uh, first yep. fight in the UFC. Um, she's only 1-0, but, like, her submission game looks really good. And I don't know if she's good enough to actually be on the list because I've only seen her once. And when we broke down her fight, I was like, there's no film on her. It pretty much doesn't exist. But it's like, I want to see more of it. Um, and one of my personal favorite um, – Women under twenty five is Luma Vukabume. Um, yeah. Oh, she she's under. I see. I didn't realize that she was that young. I would have put I, her on the list. I don't. I don't think she's just that young. I think she's like, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think she's twenty five. Oh, she is twenty five. She turns twenty six in January, so she just barely fits. Okay. Um. But yeah, like she has wins over uh, Alexander Albu, Jinyu Fry, Sam Hughes, and like a close decision with Angela Hill at twenty five. And not not for anything, she's not a straw weight. She's an atom weight, and she's fighting Angela Hill. I mean, like, that's a really impressive run. Um, and also shout out to Jeff Molina, too. Jeff Molina uh, is a very fun flyweight uh, training with James Krause and gang, and he's only 1-0, but, like, we're – Oh, you know what we didn't mention? I have, actually don't have this guy on my list. but I have more people on my list. I'm not done is, yet. Is one, of them, <laughs> is one of them Ignacio Bahamandes? No, he's not. Is but he he's under doing 25? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I know he yeah, lost his know. debut to John McDessie, and it was like a close back and forth. But that he, he's also like up for knockout of the year now. I'm going to Google it because I just mentioned him. Now I'm hoping he's actually that young. Go ahead. You tell me your next one. All right. I, look up. I, I have – um, young enough. <laughs> how about the uh, Colombian queen, Sabina Mazzo? Um, she showed up on my list. She is – only 24 years old. She won't be 25 until next March. Um, she is former LFA flyweight champ, nine and two as a pro, three and two in the UFC. Um, she just lost to Alexis Davis, but um, she beat Justin Kish, JJ Aldridge, Shayna Dobson, um, and she fought a bunch in LFA too. So I think she is deserving of a shout out for sure. 
Yeah, she's worth shouting out, especially now that we're in this point. By the way, Baja Mondays, only 24. There um, you go. So def- definitely worth a mention, too. Um, so I, how about, I, like that, I like that mention. Mm, I like Mazda. Yep. Uh, I have Wu Yanan, even though he's what one in three in the UFC. Um, I don't know, he, but, what, but what did she? Who did she? Who did she beat? Did she beat anybody? Who did she beat? Who did she beat? Let me. Yeah, let me she see got the crap be. beat out of her by Gina Mazzani, right? Yeah, she, she beat Lauren. Yeah, no, she beat Lauren Mueller. Never mind. Um, Who's no longer in the UFC? Exactly. She did and, not and deserve also, to be she, she also lost to Mizuki in a way. In yep. a in a fight where Mizuki, first of all, Mizuki Inoue, I'm pretty sure has also fought at Adam Weight, and Yanan Wu has fought at Bam Weight. Um, and I think she, I accidentally said he instead of her also. So my apologies if you're listening, <laughs> uh, Ms. Wu Yanan. Yeah, and also didn't she lose to Jocelyn Edwards on like four minutes notice? Like they just found Jocelyn Edwards like hanging out. Yeah, outside, that's but, right. Yes, they did. Yes, <laughs> she yep. beat the hell out of her. Um, yep. But you know who we should mention too? Uh, it reminded me. My list is gone now, but I'm also uh, now just flying off the cusp. Um, isn't while we're speaking of fighters from China, uh, isn't Sumu Derji under 25? Screen, right? He's on my screen right now. He is 25. He's turning yeah. 26 in January. He is the T- Tibetan Eagle is uh, 14 and four, three and one in the UFC already. So he's another one of those guys who have fought. A hell of a lot of times, um, and the only loss in the UFC is uh, is to Luis Smolka, and it happened yep. like a long time ago. And then he like took a chunk of time off, came yep. back, beat the hell out of Sukumta, um, Zerugadashev. He knocked out Malcolm Gordon in like two seconds or something like that. He like he looked really good coming back. Yep, no doubt. So that, that concludes my list. Um, but I didn't put too much too much effort into it because that's not what we do on this show here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. shout, shout out to Alexa Kamer, too. We mentioned him at oh, the beginning. Oh, that's right. You mentioned him earlier. We yeah. mentioned him at the beginning. He's And, like, he's the only, like, heavyweight who's under 26, so you have to, like, assume. It's true. His, his future should be bright just because he's in the UFC now. Like, he's, like, very physically gifted, but I'm, like, I'm never – I'm not really sold on his, his skills yet. But, like, I don't know. You're training at a good team. You're only 25 years old. You're the only guy in the division who's even close to that age. Yeah, he's worth a shout-out. Yep, for sure. All right. I think I think we nailed it, Dan. We nailed it. Anything else that we need to talk about? No. Are we good well, to go? We, we covered Anderson Silva. So that, sure. I, so what what more can we say than that? And, <laughs> I mean, and you mentioned one of the – Listen, listen hmm. to us Wednesday when we actually break down a UFC yes. card again for the first time in like four episodes. It's, <laughs> and it's – yes, Smith versus Span is going to be – Dan's going to tell us why it's an amazing card uh, when, when we come There's back on Wednesday. There's 15 right? fights on it. That's, <laughs> that's enough already. Even oh, if like three or four of them fall out due to coronavirus oh. – like Jim Miller's Jim Miller's fallen off already, so maybe that fight will be gone now. Yeah, and they filled in with a guy, by the way. Oh, did they? And this is the, yeah. They, they have a replacement already for Jim Miller, uh, or not for Jim Miller for um, Nicholas Moda, right? Is the guy who is uh, supposed to fight Jim Miller? Which, by the way, weird move to make Jim Miller supposedly fight a guy who's yep. making his pro debut uh, yeah. or his, his UFC debut rather. Um, also, this is the first time Jim Miller's pulled out of any fight in a 50-fight career. Yes, so, yes. Like, sad to, to have to say that. No, they they filled in with a guy who I'd literally never heard of. Like, they wrote his name, and I was like, that's not a real person. Come on. Um, his name is Cameron Van Camp. Um, yeah, that's not a real person. I was like, that doesn't sound right. And I saw that he had 
two he he's on a he's on a four fight winning streak and I was like oh, I guess that's worthy he's got a couple of a few submissions in there but the four fight winning streak was broken up by the fact that he had a loss before the beginning of that four fight winning streak in Shamrock FC to get this tell me if you've heard this name before Bobby Volker. I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's, stri- a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a from way back. Strike Force's Bobby Volker. Yes. Didn't he main event a Strike Force card? Uh, yeah, I think time? I remember. Yep. Or yes. I or something like that. Or, or challengers or, or one of those. Cards yeah, M one yep. challengers. Or, oh yeah, it was Strike, 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 strike Force that challenger series. Yeah, yeah, it was against uh, Roger Bowling. Remember Roger Bowling? Yeah, I do. I remember those names. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. forgot there was breaking news while we we're recording. Um, Conor McGregor got into a, a scuffle with, with Machine, Machine Gun Kelly, Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> at the Video Music Awards. Yes. So there you I go. Got, I, I didn't even I, know there was Video Music Awards anymore. There isn't video. There isn't music videos anymore. They still have awards for it though. I I got. By the way, I got Machine Gun Kelly at plus one thirty. So <laughs> dude, he does have size on him. He, he's a tall dude, right? I, I don't know. I like his reach though. Whatever it is, because yeah, exactly. I don't know if he's tall or not, but I've seen a picture of him, and he is lanky. He's a lanky dude, it's true. All right, so so now we've given you all the info you need to know. Um, like Dan said, we will be back Wednesday with our preview of, sh- as of now, it's Smith versus Span. Hopefully that uh, stays intact. I, I wouldn't mind if, what, mm, two to five more fights fall off the card. That, that no! That, no! 15 fight 50, parts all the uh, time. Oh God, Dan. Okay, you you can you can do the results uh, for, for that for the website on uh, Saturday night. So I don't have to watch all 15 fights live. Um, in the meantime, read all our stuff: sportsgamblingpodcast.com, MMA-manifesto.com. Listen to Dan's Top Turtle MMA podcast and his Prelim Primer podcast. Now that there's actual fights this week, he will be picking the prelim fights on that podcast. Um, Follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, and he is Gumby Vreeland, and he's going to do the uh, take us on this this episode since I did the last one. As he said before, I'm Daniel Gumby Vreeland. He is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday for a phenomenal 15 fight card.